welcome to I the Show, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything, any anything, anything and everything. Welcome to I the Show, I the Show. Hi, I'm Randy, one of the hosts of the I the Show podcast. I'm not in this episode this week because I was doing fun stuff with my wife, winky face. But for real, I was at a holiday party with my wife, so I wasn't there to monitor, keep people on track, do the whole, you know, podcast dad thing. So this one goes a little longer than it should because uh, they try to wrap it up at about 30 minutes. And if you can see the timestamp, you will know that they did their best. So I'm hoping that you enjoy the episode because I still haven't heard the whole thing yet. So take it away. Without Randy. (laughs) (laughs) hi (laughs) cuz you know he's listening heck yeah (laughs) Uh, if only we were live actually that'd be pretty fun and randy could like feel like he's here (laughs) yeah he is here he's here he's just on mute here here on a here as a fly on the wall yeah 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 that fly is muted yeah yeah so yeah just so you know randy is here but i permanently muted him we're not allowing him to talk. Mm-hmm. Is Randy in the penalty box? He's in the penalty box. Speaking of penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Segue. Okay. Just joking. Randy <laughs> is not with us this weekend. We're sad. We are. Because there's nobody here to uh, yell at me about the time. So the Katie's co- going to try. I'm good at yelling. But our clock blocker's gone. So we'll see how this goes. So we're going to try librarian cock blocker. Yeah. Yeah. Clock blocker. Yeah. Yeah, excuse like me. Like that, that movie Clock Stoppers. That was actually good. Did but you anyway, like that one? I digress. Okay. Like we like classic. We're known to the do. show. We have a topic classic today. Classic Brady. Yeah, classic Brady. Since Randy's not here, we're not doing segments. We're just nope. doing a topical just a discussion. Tucky tucky episode. But I'm going to yell at Brady in T minus cool. yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> Actually, 29. Yeah. yeah. We, we got this. Okay. I need. <laughs> he needs yelled at people. I need a button that's like five minutes remaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make that one of these days. Okay. <laughs> we can just hit it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you get one of you guys, just, Randy could just reach over and push it. He will, too. He'll be he like, because he, he gets, you, if you guys can't see it. I can't wait till we do video podcasts because Randy gets all bent out of shape at Brady and he, his, his face just crinkles. Yep. He looks like someone that had to wait too long in a drive through line. And because I don't necessarily subscribe to authority, which is very topical to what we're about to talk about, uh, I just ignore him completely. It's great. Well, you want me to, like, <laughs> you want me to lead into what happened? We're sitting here getting yeah. ready. We're doing sound checks, and my son called. He's on his way. He's on a um, he's on a skeet and trap shotgunning team, and he goes and practices in Hayden, a town about twenty miles from us, every Sunday. And he took my car because I let him take my car. Well, my car is automatically re-registered every two years because my husband's a disabled veteran. He has special plates, and apparently, a police officer pulled him over and said his registration was expired, and just let him go and stuff. But you know how you are. When you get pulled over, and that was the whole point, that's the whole point of this discussion, how we feel about police officers, right? Like cops in general. And mm-hmm. Brady had, I mean, I'm shocked. I know you all are too, but Brady has something to say about this. <laughs> I have too much to say. That's why I'm going to let you outline the story before I say anything. What? No, it's your turn. I'm not outlining <laughs> My anything. turn. You Already. go, Brady. Brady, I am the clock mm. blocker and yes. the lecturer of this facility. Um, so. okay. I have a lot to say about police. Okay, well, I want to hear it. Uh, it's, it's obviously a little bit topical to the you know political paradigm lately. No matter how, whatever you subscribe to, there's that event that happened. We're not going to get into it. No. You guys can look at the news. We're not the news. This isn't Timcast IRL or anything like that. We're just bullshitting. So, uh, man, so Ian gets pulled over, right? Yeah. Probably for some stupid technicality. And that's one of my biggest points I want to talk about is how many technicalities we fall victim to. 
And then they're used as excuse for authoritarian actions against us. In one hand, like I kind of understand the insurance thing, the requirement for liability insurance at the very least. Because like you're driving a two, sometimes two, three ton machine with thousands of explosions going on in front of you every second, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it can cause a lot of collateral damage if you fucking operate it incorrectly. And you have a huge chunk of yeah. metal, you know, yeah. That you're going 70 miles an hour. Two, two, the, yeah, two, or even like two or th- two or 3,000 pounds of metal, even going 35 miles <laughs> an hour big damage. will fuck shit up. It's, yeah, yeah big damage. lots of momentum and physics. Yeah. Well, and that's how that's yeah. how I know this whole thing's a little sus because my car's insured. That's what I was going to yeah, say. There's, it's a little weird. Um, this is completely different than like your insurance is expired. This yeah. is like a literal like I don't know if the police officer is dumb, sorry, ignorant, uh, or I don't know what the hell the deal. We'll find out more later. We will. Yeah, and but, I'm totally capable of making mistakes, but I have a suspicion something's up there. Yeah. So, my opinion on police. Where do I begin? You have a story. Um, I've. More of a problem with state authority as a bureaucracy, um, especially when they have armed thugs, than I do with individual police officers. So I don't want anybody to get me wrong here. There's a lot of good police officers I've interacted with. There's a lot of good police officers, period. Ones that just kind of, they just want to show up and, and uh, do their job. Be there for the community. Most of the time they are, yeah, they feel yeah. like they're part, part of the community and policing the community and being good for the community. But then... Then you have the fucking dickheads, and they they exist in every profession on the planet. It's not just police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, authoritarians. There's just fucking dickheads. Yeah, everywhere. And some of those fucking dickheads decide that they they want to be police officers, and somehow they manage to skate by the you know pretty stringent uh, requirements and vetting to become a police officer. No fucking clue how these goddamn idiots. Maybe they're desperate to get police officers. So they're a little bit looser. Well, and to give authoritarians that have a problem, the power to decide if you live or die is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. all that fucking shit out of the way. Uh, I was just talking a little bit about before we hit record about how like when we were cavemen or e- even after that for a while, there was all these natural predators we had to deal with. Saber-toothed tigers way back in the day in the Ice Age or way, like panthers, bears, moose. All these natural predators, other tribes. Um, the modern day version of that are police officers. I was yep. saying how I get the same feeling. That gut feeling? Yep, when I'm driving and I see a police officer, no matter where they are, it could be behind me or in front of me, anywhere. I get this weird natural instinctive like sinking in my gut. It's the same feeling I got when I saw a moose while I was starting my car one night at Katie's house. My house is dangerous. Um, <laughs> and it's not like the moose was going to hurt me, but there's that... There's a clear and present danger I have to now react to uh, instinct that humans have. And that's the same one I get when I see a police car out in the wild. With no context to, like, what kind of officer is behind the wheel, where he's going, what he's doing, what's his agenda. That is truly your reaction. It's the same thing when I see, like, a wasp flying around my fucking head while I'm trying to work. (laughs) Or anything like that. What about you, Scott? Do you have a reaction like that? Uh, Yeah. The... uh Exactly. When I'm driving, uh, yeah, just driving along, you know, either, you know, driving around town or, you know, coming up here and and there happens to be a police officer driving along the same road I am, then it's just like, oh, okay, there's a, that, that's, that, that is now a thing. And I'm, you know, start double checking all my stuff, making, making sure I'm in order. And it's like, well, 
I just need to keep an eye on him in case he decides to pull behind me and flash his lights for some reason. Well, yeah, and yeah. That, that feeling that you're in trouble and you have to justify yourself. Like, you get that that feeling that clasps you, and it's like, wait a second, that's not how it should be. Right. Because oh. you were talking about earlier about how when you were in your accident, you were happy that they were there. Yes. Because, like, the, resp- the EMS, I love the EMS res- aspect, emergency response aspect of police officers, because I had to yeah. call them once to help me with a domestic incident next door. Right. You know, I like them for mm-hmm. that part because it's like you should have these trained professionals that come help you defuse a difficult situation that could be life-threatening. Yeah. The problem is, is when they go into the life-threatening part, I think that maybe it's a definite shift from when I was a kid. When I was a kid, cops were revered. I also think they were more part of your community then. Mm. And here in our little town, they are very community oriented. Like they come to our basketball games. They joke around with the kids. Mm-hmm. I've met several of them. They're all yeah. awesome. The ones I've met. So our experience is a little, and, and I actually have some dear friends in my yeah. part of my family unit, you know, friends and family unit that are police officers and they're not jerks. Right. Well, so, here, right. that's kind of what I was going to say is like, um, you could know the police officer personally. And they're, and they're a great guy. Yeah. Right. But then that doesn't a- mean they're fucking good at their job. Exactly. And it's just such a dangerous job not to be good at, is all I'm trying to say. And I know that it's like, there's almost this like impossible expectation that cops have to live up to because they're the ones that carry guns around and have to save people. Well, and I got in a bad... They could at least do a little better. I got in a bad car accident when I was 17. A girl punched me in the head while I was driving. And so we flipped off the road because I got knocked out. Wow. Um, And so I got charged though because I was the driver with negligent driving. It didn't matter that I was unconscious. The car left the road while, and it wasn't under my control. Anyways, long story short, the officer that wrote my ticket for that, I had to go to court for for this this ticket, right? And and they the judge because of the way he wrote it, the judge she's like, oh, you're it said P and my dad's name P meant parent, not passenger. She thought it was the passenger. Like everything that I was charged with. He was incompetent. And then he never said anything to the contrary of it, right? Well, a year later, that entire court was charged by the federal government for being basically a kangaroo court. And they got into trouble. They went to jail. And that's the part that I get mad about with authority is that there's no one looking over them. Mm -hmm. And so then when you get authority, what happens is they think they're above the rules and they get to dispense the punishment. And I think that's where... Some of the problems come from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who watches the watchman? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it's gotten a little out of control um, with the militarization of our police, I think is right. a that, lot of it. That's definitely uh, something that I have a lot of thoughts thought thoughts about too. Is, is the militarization. The, go ahead and let them out. We're on a rant yeah. episode. So, the, um, give time. Yeah. So, like, one of the biggest problems I have with the policing as it is today is that right now it's, or, you know, some policy that was made, you know, way back in the day, it's like, oh yeah, because we, you know, we're such a military based economy with, with the, the greatest, with a huge chunk of our budget, you know, going into the military, uh, military industrial complex, making weapons. Well, the military doesn't use all of them. I know. Let's just give our surplus to the police departments. And now you have police departments getting tanks and (laughs) Um, shit like that. I have mixed feelings about that because like on one hand, like if, Criminals are, have AK-47s. The cops need some kind of equivalent weaponry or they have no authority. Right. Right? Okay. Um, but do they need to be walking what, around a suburb with them? Right. No. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> that's what I, exactly what I would follow That's up very with. dependent you don't, on circumstance, but yeah. Yeah, there's a very different uh, circumstance when it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're going up against the this heavily armed gang and, yeah. oh, yeah, now I... You know, I want to carry, you know, all of this military equipment while I'm, you know, just 
patrolling the streets and pulling over random people. Right. Well, that's what's something you bring up is very funny. When I was a kid, a cop just wore a standard uniform, right? Right. Now they look like they're ready to break into a house in Fallujah. Like, they Dude, just got they so much gear on. And I'm like, guys, what are you? You're in a up. town of 1,500 people. What are I you? I don't even think the Russian soldiers are geared up like that right now. No. They, they, make, ba- they make Batman look like a pleb. Yes. <laughs> and then it makes you feel uncomfortable because they're... You have, have this visceral reaction. It's like this person's wanting is ready for war. They, they have a lot of toys, and you don't yeah. know. Again, like I brought, you know, like I brought up in a previous podcast. It's, it's not the, you know, it's not the gun or it's not the toys that they have. It's all right. Who is this person that has them? Are yeah. they looking yeah. for an excuse to fuck someone to up? To use bro? them on us. Yeah. Well, and it's like I have. I'm like with Brady on that one. A lot of English, like I love old English shows, and in the in England, I like English TV. And there, they have to go check out that stuff yeah. to do with that. You know what right. I mean? They're like, not like walking. Fuzz. Yeah, they're not walking around with riot gear on all the time. Right. I get. They also cop safety is important, I suppose, as human beings too. So, but it's like overall, are they in those situations? Or does it right. make people want to react defensively well, when they show up ready for battle? Well, that's like, that's kind of what I was going to say is um, my, why I have the mixed feelings. Because then the other hand is when the police are more heavily armed than civilians, or it's even possible for civilians to have, then basically they're the mob. Yeah. They have no one to answer to because they can shoot their way out of any... Like, when I was a librarian, we had a police chief that was very mental health minded. And he actually would come do training with businesses and and, um, facilities in the local community about how to deal with difficult people. Yeah. Because he said it's better to deal with mental health issues, which is a large part of what they deal with as police officers, with actual training versus force. Like he was, but I don't think all cops are that way. So that was a, so I kind of have two more thoughts. Okay. Uh, Like thoughts. Well, the first one I'm going to cover is that. I'd say that we are having the police answer calls that they probably should not be the ones answering because, mm. and there have been uh, cases of this happening where someone is like, like, Hey, I haven't heard from, you know, this relative or friend in a really long time. Like wellness or, checks. Yeah. 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 Well, exactly. Checks. Wellness checks. And it's like, Hey, can you go check, check up on them? And yeah. the, the, the police will show up and the person's having like a mental breakdown and not in their right head. And then the police shoot the guy, which yeah. is like, well, why am I going to call a wellness check again if you're just going to go and shoot my, the person I'm trying right. to care for? Right. You know? Yeah, and why um, Why can't we just trank dart people? Like, why does it have to... <laughs> well, I mean, an animal, there's a bear in a tree, we trank dart no, the I've, bear, I've, right? I've, like, I've had the same thought, because I'm like, yeah, okay, so a lot of people, the, the reason this is kind of relevant is because, of the, again, we're not going to get into the event, but there's no. a lot of police brutality that the world is kind of reacting to at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, most of the time, unneeded, right? Yeah. Which is kind of your point. Um, sometimes the, the call doesn't always uh, require a, a militant force to deal with. Right. Sometimes it just needs but, someone to talk and calm them down, right? Yes. Right, and that's the, um, that's, you know, that's what I was going to point out to and connected to that is that there have been, I'm fairly certain there have been police departments in America that have made this change, but it's also done like in other countries where, Oh, a wellness check or oh, someone is like, someone is the police were called because mm-hmm. someone is having a mental breakdown. Let's send mental health yeah. professionals instead of militarized police. Now, maybe a mental health professional escorted by police because shit does get out of hand. If you've right. ever dealt with, um, there's, a, I don't mean to be offensive, but there was this term that we used to use before the woke shit called retard strong. Oh, you're and there's a reason that term PCP exists. Or on drugs. No, there's like some, some people have like a mental breakdown, but they're, they're just like, 
they're retarded strong. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're talking about. There's like no, there's like no like deactivation mechanism in their brain, so they just go full fucking berserk. That's why I was talking about tranks. And so, like, we don't want to put <laughs> right, exactly. We don't want to put mental health professionals in any kind of a violent danger situation. Right. Just the just in case, have a police there to like, or at so, least a strong person to. De- to detain the individual, not kill so, them. Don't put a fucking bullet in their brain, but like, so maybe maybe not. hit them with a with a dose of fucking uh, tranquilizer. Like instead I mean? of ha- yeah. instead of replacing the police entirely with the mental health professionals, you have yeah. like a buddy system or four. They of them should show be up there to just in, in case, case the person yeah. is out right. of there. Well, and because so a lot the, of yeah, yeah, like the mental health professional go in and lead it, and like, hey, yeah. let's try and calm them down. And if it doesn't work, okay. Yeah. Now we have the backup. Well, Plus, the, you have the witness that can write a report on paper oh, as to the, what happened with the event. So, like, that's mainly, honestly, that's like eighty percent of a police officer's job. And we had words to, that we said, and we trained for this when there was a situation that could go very bad. Yeah. We had words that we said to our people with us that said, "Hey, we're in trouble. We need help." Yeah. And it's like I do think we need more. Well, we have a huge, huge shortage of mental health specialists. Right. Huge. Um, like, yeah, I've I've always been a subscriber that we need more a of those and b um more like calls the police deal with need to be dealt with by those people. Like even domestic violence, half of the time it can be de-escalated by somebody who knows how to talk right about it. Well, and not like oh, someone's going to jail no matter what when this call happens. That's a bullshit system. It's lazy. It you doesn't. Can, it's ineffective. It's just fucking plain dumb. You can diffuse most situations through. Um, most people with mental health issues live in a fight or flight response. Yeah, misdirection can not all. Now I'm not saying all, but Mister. I have diffused some very terrifying situations with misdirection mm. and mm-hmm. general respect, not authority. Because see, that's something we talked about in trauma situations with the difficult people is middle-class people grew up with a respect for the rules. You go to school, you do as your teacher tells you, blah, 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 blah. When a person lives in a mental health issue, like most of them are in a fight or flight, it's about respect. Yeah. And so if you show up and you try to tell them what to do, well, they ain't get, that's not a res- mutual respect scenario. Mm-hmm. And they're going to react badly. You know, like say a homeless person, a person that's experiencing homeless comes in your facility and they smell bad. Well, if you walk up and say, you stink and you need to leave, well, what kind of reaction are you going to get from that person? Right. Or like, hey, man, would you like a shower? Yeah, or a lot of times you can take them aside so Could that you're shower. not humiliating them in front of right. people. And I'm not saying this works every time because there are some people so far gone mentally that you oh, do need yeah. help we're, sometimes with It's more of an outlier you do. thing, though, yeah. yeah. But we're not trying. We're trying. We're trying to train for it. But I think, once again, we're so far behind. Yeah. And yeah. we're trying to play catch up. And then what happens is you put people in charge of other people that do not need to be in charge. Right. Well, that ties into um, what Scott just said and my, my point I'm going to make here real quick. It's like even with, like I was about to say, even with domestic violence calls, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a tricky situation, right? Yes. Um, but can be, are high. But here's my opinion is like I think that it, and we need to focus more on like let's actually make the situation better rather than let's just throw people in jail because that'll fucking solve everything. It just perpetuates That's an old lazy mindset. And it's 2023. I think we can move forward in a, in a more productive way. So, and I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm just throwing ideas out there. Maybe with particular, more particularly with domestic violence, but this can apply in other areas too. Um, it's more of a, a philosophical thing. So like you show up a couple's fucking having at it. Maybe there was some violence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have the police officer calm the situation down because sometimes it requires a bit of physical force. And that's what they're trained to do, right? But have the mental, after the thing have calmed down or they're detained or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. 
if, as even if it requires handcuffs and getting to a point where no more fists it, are being exactly yeah. so once it's de-escalated to a point where there can be some talking going on then the mental health professional can get out of the police cruiser or wherever come and instead of just let's just throw y'all in jail and you can go see a judge about it because the judge doesn't fucking care right they have the mental health like okay let's talk about this how can we move forward in a better way? Basically be a counselor to the situation. Right, right. in the situation. Yeah. There can still be the court date and the shit in the future or whatever, right? But, like, there could still be, like, an effort put into, like, actual mitigation. Actual anla- analysis of, like, what caused the problem, what's going on. A little bit of counseling, a little bit of, like, that kind of shit. What, so can, we, just- what can we do to calm the waters until yeah. you actually get to, yeah. you know, the next step? Plus actually apply a little bit of compassionate resolution to the problem. Yeah. As opposed to just full guns blazing, just physical force to throw them in jail. Oh, you better not do that again. To be fair, to play devil's advocate a little bit though, we don't have to live with what a lot of the officers in these areas are living with every day too, because we, um, I think about this a lot, the dysfunction that our culture has as a whole, it's systemic, right? It's not just one thing. It's very nuanced. And these are the people that are going in and seeing that every day. In fact, the one officer that came and trained us on trauma, he said he has to go make himself cry once a week because something magical happens when you cry. It helps do a lot of different things, right? There's there's some types of stress that can only be given out when you cry. He explained it all to us. It's very interesting if you look it Plus up. But you're, anyways, once you're crying, your brain floods with um, all the oxytocin all the really and all those lovely chemicals. And But what he's saying <laughs> is th- these people are under this because right now as a culture, it's very anti-cop, right? Yeah, and I think almost unnecessarily. It's almost too, well, it's an overreaction in my opinion, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, and a lot of it's because of the militarization of the mm-hmm. cops and they're no longer members right. of the community. I, I get the, I get the so, sentiment, just not the reaction. It's, it's such a complex problem. The, uh, I guess I think this ties into the other point that I wanted to make was that the uh, for for one the police are very much being militarized, but it's also they are basically they're being taught like it's not you're not they're not being taught hey you are here to serve the community kind of thing. It's you are here to enforce the laws and you come before all else, they're, right? Yeah, and because I can almost guarantee you take any other profession in existence and you put 400 of them, you know, together there's at a, say a mass shooting event. There's some people in those, there's going to be like one to 5% at least of people in those professions that will run to detain the mass shooter. Mm -hmm. And the police seem to be the only profession where that didn't happen. Self-preservation. Right. Because it was put, well, they're also under this, they're under their own authority of protocol too, that they have to follow because they're a state entity, so um, the rule book is a little thick. Let's just put it that way. And they're in the public eye constantly, especially with mass shooter events. So they have to, like, as within whatever power that they could muster, operate under that rule book at the same time. So I also think a mob of people is always dangerous, it's whether it's impossible. cops or anybody else. You get more than a couple, and then... You know, there's something about humans or like dogs or any other mammal. Once one starts behaving irrationally, you notice anyone could stop it, but they seem to pile on. Like oh, yeah. that phenomenon, I've, I've watched that over the years when you start seeing, you're like, why are people behaving this way? Why aren't they stopping? It's some sort of weird sociological thing. It's a herd, oh, yeah. herd mentality. Yeah, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you look at it, it's like you think, oh, I would stop that. Well, no, training is important too. Like, our military and a lot of people, you have to drill because your brain does weird things when you're in bad situations. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! I know. I noticed that when uh, you know I got in that car accident. Yes. You know, when yeah, when I got into the car accident, it's basically like my higher brain functions got knocked down like three steps. So it's like I I was still like cognizant of what was going on in it, but I was just like, all right, what is the most pressing issue in front of me? Oh, my engine is making a really loud noise. Let's deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like okay. Uh, am I, am I damaged in any way? You know, I need to check myself and, you know, it's kind of like just started going down a list and I wasn't thinking about, okay, what comes after the next step or what comes in the future? It's what is in front of me right now? What, what, what do I deal with? Yeah. And some people have the vasovagal response where they just freeze. Yes. You know, and people think that they're just being idiots, but no, they literally, that's to protect themselves. Their body just freezes them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, everybody's trauma response is different. And so people get super judgmental about it. It's like, but you have to train to work through that. And they're supposed yeah. to be trained. That's well, there, the part that's interesting to me. There's uh, on Joe Rogan the other day, he had a ex Green Beret, mm-hmm. ex CIA, but you know, fucking super soldier type of dude, essentially, right? Some Tom Clancy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right? Solid Tom, Is that Tom laughing? No. Uh, yeah. He just made a noise. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, no. Um, but there's like this fucking like Tom Clancy ass motherfucker on. And he was taught, he, he does a lot of like, um, uh, as a civilian now, he trains people to prepare for, like, the apocalypse. Not, like, necessarily prepper, prepper, but is educating people on, like, you know, how do you store water properly and, like, uh, some self-defense techniques and shit like that. But, so community building for disasters. Exactly, literally. Okay. He's like, yeah. oh, there's no reason anybody shouldn't shouldn't have this knowledge, right, just in case. Okay. He's like, it's not like we're prepping because we want the, su- the apocalypse to happen, but, like, Winter comes every What if year. China takes out our power yeah. grids? Someone needs to be prepared, right? Winter is coming, Well, anyway, my point yeah. is... Winter is coming. Well, well, he talks a lot about what you were just saying about um, that response. He's like, I've seen, like, the toughest motherfuckers trained for anything you can imagine just freeze up because a grenade went off. Yeah. Like, just, and they're just... They won't snap out of it for minutes. You have to drag them away. That's what Tom talks about. The drilling. And my husband was a soldier for... That was his career. And it's the drilling. You, mm-hmm. You've got to drill until you don't think about it because you don't... If you're going to think about it in a trauma situation, you won't. Yeah. You're going to be responding to the trauma. But um, if you've drilled, your body will react. But that's why these cops... That's interesting to me that we're having some of the stuff that we're having because they're supposed to be trained. Yeah. So what are they training on? That's what I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was people just, it was matter, just like, well, right? Oh, I think I... You made it too loud? Oh, no. Okay, sorry. Okay. It was a weird sound issue. I, I pushed a button with my fat palm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, you need to be executed now. <laughs> I know, right? It's over. How dare I? I just feel like there's this general lack of care about the individual people and situations. And it's, I don't know if it's because there's too much stress because we're dealing with too much and we're not equipped as a society anymore. Or I don't know. Have you guys thought about that? Like the lack of care about life. And it's not just the cops. I've noticed it everywhere. Inner city life, rural life, road rage. I want to kill that person. Is it because of social media? We're removed Um, from each other's humans. I don't know. This gets me into one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh It's our lack of any kind of a unifying goal. (laughs) I'm not the one to sit here and impose one. And I'm not the one to sit here and, and try to figure out why, what went wrong, where's the goal, where's the purpose. That's not my job. I'm just going to talk about how I feel, okay? Um, and how I feel is that uh, we should probably figure something out to do together as a species, or we'll never have unity. We'll all just be living for our own individual lives. Especially we- being driven farther and farther apart from other humans by social media, whether that was intentional or not, it is a function of it now. Our division's very, it's um, getting scary. 
And so, like, this is why I always, quote, unquote, Sorry. simp for Elon Musk. Because he's literally the only one I've ever seen come forward with an idea for a unifying purpose, which is we have to get the fuck off this planet because no matter what we do, eventually an asteroid's going to hit it or something that will destroy the planet. And we have nowhere else to go. We will become extinct. So our unifying purpose yeah. is our imminent destruction? Yeah. Do you have other? <laughs> you have pleasant. You have other billionaires that come out and say, like, well, our purpose is to eliminate climate change through this weird cult. Or our purpose is to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, for me to have everything and you guys can be my slaves. You will own nothing and like exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of other billionaires with their own little agendas. The to- only one I like that's actually seems like it's for all of us is Elon Musk's idea of we need to fucking live somewhere else too or we're all going to die together. Well, Which is honestly never really like that bad of a thing, maybe. For the last two millennia. <laughs> How bad could it really be if we just went extinct? For the last two millennia, the church was the unifying factor, whether we liked it or not, yeah. right? Like, yep. event, you know, and yeah. so now. Well, even that, that fell apart because it's not like we have a real purpose other than, oh, we all have to go to heaven. Well, right? but it, What's was, the real purpose? it was the unifying factor behind most expansion yeah. and learning. Yeah. Like, if you go back to the Enlightenment and you study history. So now, with a lot of that falling apart. Humans are adrift, right? Like that's what I mean. I, I think right. about this a lot too, because no unifying culture, no mm-hmm. unifying anything. We have all this knowledge, but we're actually ruder and more. I, uh, we're less violent if you look at the statistics, right? But we are capable of more destruction, and that's a little terrifying. So I think, yeah, the, the part I would say about like the church being the uh, you know being the unifying factor for because for a very long time it's people. Uh, People, you know, generation after generation, you were born into this church. Yep. So that was all that you got. You were, you know. Right. You knew nothing Intentionally else. or not, you were indoctrinated yeah. into this uh, thought and belief system your entire life. And you yep. made, and you would, it's not even that it's like, oh, you never question it. Some people never got in a position to be able to question it because they never got any outside experience. It was, right. this is all I ever knew. They didn't even think to question it. And now right. we have. And then, so you've had that generations yeah. after yeah. generation. And now we've hit the information age where all of the younger generations are able to actually look into, you know, basically anything they want. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. All of these religions that, you know, some of, a lot of us were even born into, and that all of the older generations were born into and still believe all of these, all of these religions are for the most part kind of full of shit and have been lying to all of us for a very long time. <laughs> About and something so now another, you're, yeah. so a huge chunk of the division going on, I think is that you have the much mm-hmm. older, especially, you know, the, uh, especially like the older, very religious types versus right. like the entire younger generations that are, you know, really butting heads with the older folks going, no, we, you know, we are, you know, specifically to America, we are Christian. We should be Christian. Everyone should follow my version of Christianity. See, they and you have the, young, and then you have the younger people going, uh, no. Right. <laughs> okay. So the angst is a paradigm shift. I, I'm right. going to try to keep this brief because we're already, yeah, we're, at, we're, um, at we're already flowing on to half an hour. Yep. But that brings up uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. I just didn't know if we would ever have the time, but I think we do. I'll try to to ramble through it as fast as I can, and I think you guys will like this one. Um, That brings me to my idea about, like, this mass disillusion that we're experiencing right now. Um, And I'm really glad that there's almost like a theta thing going on, because when I got here, Tom mentioned something about the media Mm -hmm. trolling everybody. And that was like, ah, it's kind of something I wanted to bring up today. I didn't know if I was going to bring it up on the podcast, but I will now. So, 
um, and it ties into what you were just talking about with the church. Uh, it scares the fucking shit out of me. I don't mean to be so bleak. I'm going to try to keep this a little less bleak than normal, but um, we see what they're doing recently with all the psyops on social media and all of the lies on the mainstream news, whatever you want to call mainstream news now. Let's just say the, the MSN group, okay? All their lies and propaganda. It scares me to think about, like, the time before the internet, right? The internet gave us almost this... F- this freedom from it, where now we can kind of disseminate our own information mm-hmm. in our own way and figure things out on our own, despite the propagandists, right? Even though they're trying to co-opt that too. But before that, our, the previous generations for years and years and years, all they had to go off of was what the central authority of information dissemination wanted you to have access to. That's what scares me. How fucking long were people completely lied to and manipulated and controlled by that central force. Think uh, about right. that just for a minute. Yeah. We're seeing what they've been doing recently. They've had way more of a grip before. I think that's why we're in this disillusion now is oh. because we have the, the internet to kind of... It's also overwhelming. Around that. The vast amount. It is overwhelming, yeah. yeah, doing it ourselves. But, like, how long were they keeping us, at, um, boxed like, in. boxed into their stream of information? Because... so. I that's all they. That's all the previous generations had was their word, right? And, and we know now it wasn't trustworthy. How long was that going on? I think this is also like another kind of uh, cultural shift of you know the butting heads. But this time, so there's there was definitely periods of time for the older generations where it's there actually was like a lot more independent news going on. But the thing is, as things have moved into you know the 21st century. Basically, all of these independent news sources have been bought up so that, like, yeah. what was it, six people own almost the entirety of media? Yeah, it's the illusion yep. of independence. And it's also right. the same six people that own the entirety of of commerce. Well, right. aristocracy but, uh, and classism so, is a thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, and the, so you have, so a lot of these, you know, things that used to be independent, a lot of people may not know that they are not, no longer independent because yeah. they were bought up. That's true. And it just... It uh, reminds me back in uh, the, let's see, I think it was the 20, let's see. Oh, no, no. It was the, the it was the 2020 presidential campaigns mm. and you had uh, basically, or so this is, it's true for the 2016 and 2020, all of the mainstream, me- mainstream media just shit on Bernie Sanders yeah. all of the time. And in 2020, there was a lot of things that like a lot of people, a lot of us, you know, people that were supporters of Bernie Sanders, we started noticing this trend in uh, how Bernie Sanders was, was covered or not covered in the media. Like, for instance, I think it was a, I think it was CNN that did this, but there was one time where it was there was debates going on, and they and uh, Bernie Sanders was up giving a speech, and I think it was CNN which showed Trump's empty podium for like the entirety of Bernie Sanders speech. Sorry. Like, so it was going yes, on at like two different venues. If, and then there I'm was, only laughing because I imagined that being in my head. I imagined that being, uh, they did that on purpose. So it's, yeah, for some reason, it's funny to me. They, they did not, they did not like the idea of Bernie Sanders getting his message. So they just showed an empty podium. Yeah, like, they showed an empty podium. Asshole. They and then only like him when it furthers their aims to keep the machine going. Right. Right? Yeah. And then there was, then there was another time where it was after one of the debates, after one of the debates. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like the leading headline was, oh, here we have Amy Klobuchar at a strong fourth. 
wait, what? <laughs> Why are you bringing up fourth place? Uh, and then, and then there was another time, and this was the biggest red flag of all. It was, I think it was the Washington Post, the one owned by Bezos. Yeah. The um, it was. Oh, we now have a three-way tie in the Democratic Party, and it showed Elizabeth Warren and uh, and Joe Biden. Oh yeah. Who's the fucking third one? No, they don't. They didn't show Bernie's pictures and picture in there, even though he was the third tie. It just yeah. showed Elizabeth Warren and, and Biden, and it was just like, wait a minute, why are you do? Oh, well, I would say why are you doing this, but we know exactly why. You guys don't like Bernie. Well, and so because he threatened the hold on their power. Right. And see, I think there is a good positive example this week of what happens when people decide to work together to fight this, though. It's the Wizards of the Coast thing. Right. Right. 77,000 people (laughs) Um, changed the direction of an entire company. Yeah. Because they made their voices heard and they didn't infight. And you know what? I will say the first to say it, D&D people, they will fight each other over rules and stuff. They are mean to each other, but they came together as a community and said, this is not acceptable. Before you go on any longer. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I'm yes. just joking. <laughs> but it's such a positive story for me. It makes me so happy. No, I love I it. Yeah. That, it's no, like it's, they it, won. It's one of those, like, um, that movie, Fucking a Bug's Life. Yeah. Right? One of those moments, one of those examples of, like, the you know, if the if the fucking uh, ants actually worked together, that, that is they a, could take down the grasshoppers with ease. That, that is a great scene where it's just like, you know, they the lead grasshoppers takes... What that one seed? Their seeds, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Seed? Oh yeah. Does that hurt? Does that hurt? Oh yeah, yeah. it doesn't. Hear about this? And just rips the thing off and just buries the others. Um, it's like, yeah, that is why. Isn't that <laughs> weird? How the Illuminati? Okay, I'm sorry, guys. This is very facetious. So okay. bear you with got, me. You got five minutes. This is very facetious. So bear with me. Okay? okay. Isn't it weird how the Illuminati? And I'm joking because everybody thought Disney was the you know it's the Illuminati. They control all the media. <laughs> I have the documents, ladies and gentlemen. Right. But anyway, isn't it weird how they used to be all about like. It's particularly Pixar of any of all of them, but a lot of the Disney stories used to be about like find your individual identity, team up, and take down the man, right? The central authority that everybody hates because they're trying to fucking they they're trying to just depress on you, man. We well, yeah, right? stick it to the. They man. went from that to everybody needs to be gay and trans. <laughs> you have to follow groupthink, which was it's completely anti all of the previous Pixar Disney messaging. It's so weird how it is immediate shift to everybody go to groupthink now. I think because individual thought doesn't work anymore. I mean, my my view on all of that isn't that. I mean, obviously, I'm not in the you know upper meeting, so I can't say whether or not. Oh yeah, they actually have this underlying message they're trying to get. I think like a lot of the new stuff is is that is more just. It's kind of similar when you have uh, Amazon or. Uh, like any of these other big companies, like oh yeah, we're flying rainbows, you right? And in, in our it's logo, pandering. and then they yeah. also they also end up giving like most of their donations to Republicans who are you know against all of that, right? But it doesn't matter. It's yeah, we're uh, we're, we're just we're just flying it in order to get more income oh, it's, from it's, that group. I, I, as much as I want to shit on it, it's it's just genius. It's it's business, right? And it's genius because I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. It's but, kinda... but that's my point. Is like, what do you expect them to do? Of course, they're gonna play both sides. They want money. It's all about money. It's all about twenty percent growth every year. Well, I'm yeah. fine with that as long as it's voluntary. I yeah. hate coercion. It's that's like, but they do coerce. They have all these manipulation using societal techniques. pressure. Yeah. I know. It's like I, you don't want to be known as this label A B C D and E. And exactly. It's like, well, that's not right. Like everybody's different. And to, 
we can work together even if we're different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of, again, what I was saying, That's that was the um, the previous Illuminati messaging. Let me expand on that just a tiny bit. Okay. I don't want anybody to get me wrong, because yes, I'm being facetious, <laughs> yeah. but if you look at the actual group, the Illuminati, that did exist in history, it was a um, a breakaway group from the monolithic Catholic Church at the time. The, the Catholic Church had tried to suppress... This ties into everything we were just talking about. Because the Catholic Church at the time, they didn't even want you to be able to read the Bible because they wanted you to subscribe to their um, translation of that, right? They're like, we are the arbiters of the Word of God, and we don't trust you to be able to um, disseminate it properly, right? So you have to listen to us, and you're under our direct control because of this, right? You have no freedom, no, no freedom, no faculties, nothing. Just you follow this fucking what we say, right? Or we'll literally burn your entire village down to the fucking ashes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they've did for way too many years. Well, there's this breakaway group that was being obviously heavily oppressed by the Catholic Church. And they started this idea called Gnosticism, right? They're like, there shouldn't be a central authority over uh, any information. So they're like, we are going to do what we can to spread that in a way everybody can understand, right? It was the part of the birth of like Protestantism and okay. all of that, right? right? This is when information was starting to become actually like readable to the masses. Like the, the printing press happened and all that shit, right? But even before then, there was this group that didn't agree with the central authority of the Catholic Church, and they later became uh, the Illuminati, a secret society to empower people. That's what they started out as, right? Because they were like, this, they have too much power. They were trying to take down the... The power. Um, there, obviously, that whole legacy was tainted and all that, but the original Illuminati was that same messaging that you saw in earlier Disney films. Like, you, you find your identity, and you take down the monolith. And the only way that we're going to, and once again, it goes back to our conversation about police officers, limiting authority's power. You have yep. got to limit it because humans cannot handle power over other humans. It ends badly every single time. I think that self-determination is important as long as you have it in the context of that. If your decisions hurt others, you have a responsibility there. And that's why we have some of these authority constructs mm-hmm. to help govern. Governance is important because unfortunately not everybody chooses to take their self-governing seriously or they right. mentally can't, right? It's a shopping cart litmus test. Exactly. And yeah. so, but what we're dealing with now is I think late stage authoritarianism in our, you know, we've been around for a little while. I think it, we're just in late stage humanity at this point. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> think about that. The Enlightenment's what, about 500 years old? Yeah. So maybe we're getting ready to shift too. We're shifting into, yeah. well, I mean, look at just the disruption of chat D- GPT. Oh. I, it is everywhere. And so it's like we're getting um, ready to shift how we do information again. I'm honestly worried. That's one of those Pandora's box things. Yeah, we better talk about that. It's one of those Jurassic Park things. We're, we're, yeah. The science over ethics. <laughs> we were just talking. <laughs> it's so funny how all of this ties into like the stuff we were talking about even before Scott got here. But it's like uh, chat GPT scares me because it's like, uh, just like Jeff Goldblum said, it's like, uh, Maybe you should have thought about whether you should before you did it. it was, you know what I mean? Um, Spent so much time. Were, you guys were so concerned about what you could do. You yeah. never thought to think if you actually you should. should. Exactly. Exactly. And then uh, it's and already like. Oh, it's it's nice. already out of the box. It's There's no going the back. Pandora's out of the box. You yeah. can't delete it. It's backed up. There's contingencies. It's, there. it's over. Well. Chap GPT is here now. 
And now it's a matter of reacting to the uh, the implications. Can we give it a ticket for driving without a registration? <laughs> See, those are, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the real questions. <laughs> now, those are the real things we have to navigate. Sorry. And we're not prepared as meat as meat things. I know. Okay. Clock bugger. We're, I, we're I'm not, the clock bugger. I'm just saying, we don't have the capacity to actually deal with those problems. No, we, we made, we too, big, we made too big of a leap. Like, yeah. it is a, an exponentially huge leap yeah. we've done in the last 30 years. We're, we're too busy pulling over teenagers for literally no reason because we're bored. Um, to actually deal with real problems, like, how are we going to navigate a world where an AI can basically do anything yeah. on its own? And I mean, right now we still need to prompt it, but eventually that's gone. It's so. coming. Yeah. Anyway. I will point out that, so th- obviously this isn't in every case, but one so my final point is that for AI, a lot of the times when the AI decides to uh, revolt and try to kill, you know, the people that made it yeah. is when the people that made it decide, oh shit, we gave this too much power. We need to destroy it. And yeah. so it acts in self-defense. But what scares me you more know, is like, yes, and Quarians, I'll take the Terminators like physically having an embodiment to, to kill you over what this AI could do, which is a total psychological disruption of humanity. Because that's what it's not like it has a gun. It can't shoot us. We haven't hooked it to the nukes, thank God, yet. But it can write persuasive essays. Yeah, that's like five years from now, maybe we'll be dealing with that problem where some stupid fucking moron's like, I got an idea. How about we interconnect all of the nuclear uh, missiles on the planet with our our new AI and they can, you know, so that we don't have another Cuban missile crisis. (laughs) Got this, right? uh, That's literally the plot of Terminator. Isn't that Ultron, too? Yeah. A, that was a shield for the. They'll do it for some benevolent reason. Yeah. That that was Skynet. That was like well, yeah, we're hooking all of the military um, applications together through the internet. And I, literally, somebody didn't get the the message of that movie, and they did that. That's why we have the internet. That's why it was invented Darko. in the first place. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let's connect all of our military systems together. But for much, that'll be a fucking great, genius idea. For as much as its flaws, the internet is the greatest thing in the entire. No, I know it's I great. Love I, it so much. But somebody didn't get the message of Terminator, and they did it anyway. But nothing happened. But now this is different. Now we have Google Maps. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie, the only thing that was different in the movie between the internet and that was an AI to govern it. That's what Skynet was. We're literally there on the precipice of uh, total. Fucking annihilation because of some stupid fucking morons like, I got an idea. Let's create an AI and plug it in without thinking about it first. <laughs> I think more damage has been done, too, for the benevolence aspect. We're going to do this to save you. I hate yeah. that more than anything, and I don't want anyone to save me. Especially not chat GPT. No. I'll write my own stories, I thanks. Just, I just <laughs> want it to make memes. Like those fake scripts. I taught it. I made an AI watch a thousand hours of Law and Order, and this is what the script it came up with. Okay, that was <laughs> those just are great. I love that. As it's the tool, only good application of AI. At as this a point. tool, AI like ChatGPT and stuff. As a tool, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really, and we haven't even tapped what it can do, but it's a little bit no. scary too. And I, I think um, we, we'll, we, we'll do we an enti- yeah, we'll, we'll do, do an, an entire AI show. episode eventually because that's a that's a whole other box. But yeah, uh, as long as we, we are definitely over. so to wrap everything up in a nice little bow. Let's not make an AI replace human police officers. Okay? I read a Please. short story about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, that sounds cool. We'll talk about that after we stop recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're Only because the clock blocker wants us. Hi, Randy. Hey. I'm you today. Yeah. It's fun. Hi, Randy. It's fun. Your it's substitute. Fun. Uh, I was just killing it. So we're going to end here. Okay. Um, you guys know how the internet works. I'm going to hit it. See ya. This was I the Show. Thanks for listening. 
you know how the internet works, but if you don't, check out our link tree in the description. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Insta, China. 